our retail model will begin with an online channel. Today we are confirming that consumers over the age of 19 will be able to buy cannabis online from the Ontario Cannabis Store website beginning on October 17th. There you go. That's what's going to happen October 17th. There is not going to be a physical store, per se, an Ontario cannabis store, and there won't be one until sometime after April 2019 because the government has uh, completely shifted gears uh, under the uh, Ford PCs, and they've announced that we're going to an entirely retail model where uh, there are all kinds of things going on. Municipalities are going to be consulted. Uh, they're going to work with First Nations about sales on the uh, reserves. They uh, they are going to uh, be looking at uh, hundreds of licenses, and um, it's a whole new world out there. What do we think of that? We've got a panel assembled, as you know, Kim Wright and Adrian Batra and Mike Van Sol. Let's go to you, Kim. What do you think? You know, in full disclosure, at Hill & Knowlton, we represent a number of cannabis clients, so I just like to put that if out you, there. If you want to forego, you can you No, can just... no, not at all. So I all think right. this is, uh, you know, take their, they have, in, in contrast to some of the other situations, the Ford government has said, this is what we're looking at, this is the consultation we're looking at. Uh, I think it's uh, an interesting and exciting day. I think what will be fascinating to watch over the next couple of days will be how municipalities uh, react uh, either to the opting in or opting out, and what does that mean on an enforcement level? Because whether they are selling or not, uh, there will be there will need to be some conversations with police, public health, because uh, whether their local communities have a have a, a physical store or not, people in their community will be utilizing or not. So I think those are some of the things that we're needing to unpack. But I think this is a, a smart move, much better than the 40 stores that the previous government had talked about. The you know Andrea Horvath had talked about it during the election campaign that she could have used 40 stores just in Hamilton. So I think this is the right direction and the right step. Well, she'll find a reason to wail about this anyway. Adrian, um, you've, you've heard this probably for the first time. And uh, I, what comes to my mind is, you know, when they started to deploy uh, solar and wind energy, one of the things they did is they kiboshed any uh, ability for municipalities to say yay or nay to the placement of those things. And, and it's driven municipalities crazy ever since. I, I think one of the wisest parts of this is municipalities have a say and if they don't want cannabis in their communities uh, people are going to have to go outside of the community to get it what do you think well and i think that's a really excellent point just from perspective as to the mentality of the heavy-handedness of the former liberal government versus you know how the ford uh, government wants to wants to manage this situation uh i look i i subscribe to much of what uh much, much of what Kim has already already uh, said, because this is, again, one of those situations where Florida said we are going to address this. We are going to look at all aspects of it. We are going to be able to have broad consultations and look at what's at the best interest for the community, what's best interest for safety, which I still think and I will say is still a red flag. And, and I don't believe that the federal government has really come to the table with enough um, you know, either tools or, or resources or uh, sort of thoughtful policy as to how we're going to deal with much of that. Um, but this is, look, this is going to be a very, very good potential revenue generator. If the federal government decided that they're going to legalize it. Why shouldn't the lower levels of the government take advantage of it and do it in a thoughtful, reasonable way? And this way, local, local politicians who maybe 
adamantly opposed to it can opt out and say, look, you, you, if this is your lifestyle, this is what you want to do, or you need a medical reason, you're not going to be able to get it here, but you're going to have a, you know, communities that are just a few miles away or a few kilometers away from you that are going to give you that. So smart move, right move. Let's see it all unfold and the devil's in more details. I agree with you. Adrian, thank you for that. Mike, I want to go to you and, and this whole concept of, uh, you know, that's been changed now and going with the retail and the consultations. We just talked a moment ago about sex ed and, and you mentioned you like the idea of consultations. I do too. I think that this is something that is overdue. And frankly, I think that the federal government, when it made the decision to uh, legalize, as much as we've gone three years since the election of that government, I think they jumped into the water without looking to see if there were any obstacles below. The provinces have uh, gone ahead and handled it in different ways. And now we're joining uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta, which have presumably done their work on the basis of consultations because they've come to um, the same conclusion with regard to the private retailer model as we now seem to be coming to. But we are going to consult before we open any stores. What do you think? Look, I think uh, I think there'll be a lot of support across sort of the partisan aisles for this, uh, particularly when people are willing to speak honestly. The LCBO running these pot stores was going to be a disaster and a boondoggle and cost the province a ton of money. Um, this seems like a really reasonable, fair, fair-handed approach. And you know, I've been hearing from lots of different folks around the province that there are some municipalities where they weren't interested in seeing pot stores, uh, you know, jumping up, opening up on every corner. Um, so politically, it's also, I think, a really smart move to take your time. Uh, you're going to have the online store, so you're you're fulfilling the the promise of, uh, you know from the federal government, that there will be legalization. It will be available to people to get uh, to get online. But let's take the time to figure out what the retail model looks like. But of course, going with private retailers, using licenses, let them be the experts in, in, in running stores, op, uh, operating them, uh, you know, reaching customers. Uh, the, the government doesn't need to be in that, in that business. All they should do is set up the framework. And there will be, you know, I can anticipate now, there will be communities where you don't see a uh, yeah. storefront. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be another thing, and, and they're talking. I'm happy to see that the Ontario government is talking about that. Um, one of the things I'm seeing out of the Ontario government uh, headlined release is it is illegal to drive drug-impaired, and it's just as dangerous as driving drunk. Police officers will be authorized to use oral fluid screening devices at roadside to enforce the law. So I've heard that there are all kinds of issues with that, like THC is the active um, element that uh, that causes you to be, quote, stoned, unquote, whereas other elements like the cannabidiols, so-called, are the ones that control pain for somebody who has back pain and have they differentiated between being able to do one versus the other. I think that we're looking probably down the road at a charter challenge on this issue, but I do think it has to be regulated, Adrian. Well, I think it's going to have to be regulated. And right now, uh, there is a lot of questions around the efficacy of the tests that law enforcement has right now. So I know, um, and actually Kim could probably speak to this a heck of a lot better than I can, but there's a lot of people in our our consultancy world and, and in this world of cannabis that are looking at best practices is what's gone on in the United States with, of course, Colorado and Denver. Excuse me, Colorado and Washington being sort of the first two states that came out and legalized this. So we can learn from them. We can learn from other uh, jurisdictions. 
as far as their experiences have gone. And so we don't we don't need to walk into this blindly. I just I still maintain that there is so much more to be done on that aspect of it as you hear the sirens blaring and that They're coming to get you, Adrian. You're outside, so Adrian. <laughs> they they finally found me, Peter. I mean, oh my gosh. But uh, anyway, I think that there's a lot more to be discussed on this. But yeah, there's we're moving in the right direction. Um, and we're expecting this explosion coming in the next three months. And I still maintain municipalities aren't ready for it. The province isn't ready for it. The feds aren't ready for it. So a lot, a lot needs to still yet to happen. I'm, I'm going to go to Kim and, and get uh, your input, Kim, on the issue of, uh, of the, the swab tests, because I suspect that you know a little bit about that, but I'll give you a moment for thought, because I've got to take a break. This is um, Topics Worthy of Discussion. You're listening to Peter Sherman with Kim Wright, Adrian Batra, and Mike Van Solen, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.